You're listening to the official South Bay Church podcast. For more about us, please visit southbaychurch.us. neighbor's little girl brought us a loaf of bread this morning. It reminded me of something. Do you remember that day you decided to help your mother make dinner? You couldn't have been more than five years old. Your mother was next door visiting neighbors when you decided it was time to make dinner. It's a wonder you didn't burn the house down cooking that bread. I got home just in time to see you covered in flour pulling a perfectly cooked loaf of bread out of the oven. You know, that wouldn't be the last time you astounded your dear dear Papa. Papa, Your grandson is taking a nap, and my better half is in the shop. He always seems to be at the shop since his skills are in such high demand. But I thought I would take this moment to write. I think of you every day at about this time. It's when you always came home for lunch. I remember running at you full tilt when you came through the door calling out, Where's my, my little, little girl? girl? is quite a good cook, I would tell people. I was always so eager to talk about you, to brag on how smart and hardworking you were. We used to be so close. You were daddy's little girl for so long. So long. That's why I don't understand how you could let this happen. When I looked towards your future, I had I such, had such high, high hopes. hopes when the messenger came with the letter from home. But no, still just mama's name at the end. I've kept every letter you two have ever written me. I wish you would write more and not make mama do it all. But I guess that's part of what happens when your father is convinced that you've disgraced our, our family, family name. name has taken quite a hit by what I now think of as your situation. I can barely show my face at the synagogue. I think it would be better if you at least admitted you had done something wrong. And that husband of yours, I refuse to call him my son-in-law. He had us fooled. Seemed like such a man with potential, a future. But now he's fallen in line with that ridiculous story of yours. I can't, can't imagine, imagine why. why you think I would have lied about this. Don't you think I know how ridiculous it sounds? Of course I do. I don't blame you for having doubts, but to flat out accuse me of lying. I thought you respected me more than that. Of all the childish things I may have done, I never once lied to you or mother. I know mama has her doubts as well, but at least she's doing as I asked and waiting it out. Why can't Can't you? Can't you see things through my eyes? I've told your mother that this is the time for tough love. You know, we, we can't let you get away with these outrageous stories playing us for fools. If you want to live as an adult, we must hold you to adult standards and not accept this kind of foolishness. foolishness. That's what you called it. You looked right in my face and called it foolishness, and that's what bothers me most. What bothers me, me most. the most, I think, is I think you're fooling yourself. When I looked into your eyes, I didn't see deception, fear, some confusion, something that resembled excitement, but no deception. 
Have you really convinced yourself that this, this is, is true? true? I know it is, no matter who doubts me. You I gave, gave birth, birth to, to the, the Messiah. Messiah. My daughter? Me. No. The Messiah, he would not have come in this way. It was unexpected, but it's, it's thrilling and exciting and, and, and amazing ridiculous and, and astounding and, and terrifying. terrifying. I'm frightened for you, my daughter, my Mary. Papa, come visit. Come look into my eyes again. Know that I would not invent something like this. If it is true. It is true. If it is true, then nothing's as we have planned. Nothing as as we've expected. I can't explain it to you, Papa. I can't tell you how it will all work out, but this, this changes, changes everything. everything. It does, Papa. The God that you have been so faithful to is doing a new thing, and you get a front row seat. I don't want you to miss it. But if the Messiah is not a conqueror, if that is different, then I have this suspicion that this road will not be an easy one for you or for your child. I know that it won't be easy, Papa, but Joseph is beside me and God is with us. Joseph? He really does believe you, doesn't he? <laughs> he does, Papa. He has an advantage, though. God sent him an angel, too. <laughs> would it be too much to ask that you do the same for me? <laughs> Papa. Daughter. Don't miss out. You've prayed all your life for a Messiah. You've instructed me in the faith of our fathers. You've taught me to expect the unexpected from the God of our fathers. All I'm asking is that you look to the heavens and ask God to give you faith in a plan that you weren't expecting. Trust me. My daughter? The mother of the Messiah? Can it be true? Yes, Papa. Yes, Mary. We've had some very unexpected guests from very far away. Some shepherds and some wise, wise men. But I want you to see him. Our little baby, Jesus. Jesus? <laughs> you name the baby God saves. Yes, Papa. Jesus. My daughter's baby. Yes, Papa. Jesus? The Messiah? Yes, Papa. So I suppose I must accept that after all the prayers... Papa. ...and all these years... We should be celebrating because... God, God is, is with us. us. With, with all, all my, my love, love and with newly opened eyes, your papa, your devoted daughter. Anna, gather your things. We're going to see our grandson. Joseph, you're home just in time. Mama and Papa are coming to visit. Mike's When, uh, in light of uh, the circumstances over the last couple of years, for some of you, this may be your first regional service. 
Uh, for those of you viewing at home, when you talk about the coastal Los Angeles region, we cover geography that runs from LAX all the way south through Long Beach, consists of two Spanish-speaking ministries, our El Mensaje or MLA ministries. Then we have our Greater Long Beach Ministry. Great to see all you guys here this morning. And then obviously our South Bay Church here at home as well. I'd like to go ahead and uh, open us up with a prayer. Well, Father, I, I want to come before you this morning just out of gratitude uh, for the incredible responsibility and privilege you've blessed Jacqueline and myself with here, leading the coastal Los Angeles region. And Father, uh, we're not just a region here in LA, but as, the, as far as the International Churches of Christ are concerned, we have, we have churches in countries all around the world. And Father, uh, I know we all have different seasons and different cultures, but there is one thing in particular that unites each and every one of us, and that is your son, Jesus Christ. Father, I pray for our brothers and sisters around the world. Some are in very, very challenging situations. P please be with them and bless them and keep them safe. I also want to pray right now for those that have lost loved ones over the last few months, uh, the Deanna's included, who have just suffered a recent loss. Father, uh, we're so grateful for our Lord Jesus Emmanuel, and I praise you for your faithful love, God, drawing near me when I was far away from you. Instead of casting me away from your presence, God, you sent Jesus to come to call me home, and I'm grateful for that. Instead of punishing me for my sins, you came to free me from them. Emmanuel, my God, you're with me here today. Live in me and glorify your name, glorify your church and all of its people. And Father, may we never forget the incredible gift that we were given from you. It's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Well, let's uh, go ahead and start right out here in Isaiah 7, verse 14. As we heard in our play, and in this particular verse, it's very significant for us at this time of year. It says, Therefore the Lord himself shall give you a sign. Behold, a virgin shall conceive and bear a son and shall call his name Emmanuel. You know, the, the name Emmanuel appears twice in the Hebrew Scriptures and once in the New Testament. And one of the most comforting names and titles of Jesus is literally translated with us is God. I don't know about you, but for me, just even thinking that sentence through is so incredibly comforting. Or as in Matthew's Gospel, it puts it, God with us. And just thinking through our lives, for those of us that have made Jesus Christ Lord of our lives and surrendered to God, turned ourselves in, it's so incredibly comforting to know that when our sins made it impossible for us to come to Him, God took this incredibly outrageous step of coming to us, of making Himself susceptible to sorrow, being familiar with temptations, and vulnerable to sin's disruptive power in order to cancel sin's claim on our very souls. You know, in Jesus, we have the opportunity to see exactly how extreme God's love is for each and every one of us. Amen? The book of Isaiah probably deals with the coming of Christ more than any other book in the Old Testament. And Isaiah was best known as the Hebrew prophet who predicted the coming of Jesus Christ to salvage mankind from sin. Now, most of you are familiar with the uh, timetable on things. Isaiah lived about 700 years before the birth of Christ, and he was constantly trying and appealing and urging God's people to get back on track. 
I mean, it's amazing the miracles that they saw throughout the generations, but sin was always right there at the door beckoning them, calling them back. And Isaiah was very disturbed about the current condition of the Israelites. So he was constantly warning them, trying to get them back on track. And remember this amazing treasure that God has for us. It's a treasure for each and every one of us, 2,000 plus years after the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. In Isaiah 33, verse 6, it says, God will be the sure foundation for your times, a rich store of salvation and wisdom and knowledge. And the fear of the Lord is the key to this treasure. You know, if you look at the, well, you may not be able to see it. I can't see it very well from here with the light on stage. But thinking this through, on my own, if I understand and embrace this passage without realizing that the fear of the Lord is key to this amazing treasure, which ultimately means me being surrendered, me walking with God, walking with his wisdom and knowledge, my ability with God becomes stability. My fear and insecurity becomes God's love when I walk with him, and that's something that others are able to see in me, to see in each and every one of you. And when it comes to my ideas and opinions and proposals and things that I want to do in life, if I couple those things with my walk with God, if I'm walking with him, if I'm surrendered to him and relying on him, it becomes God's purpose, which cannot ever fail when it comes to glorifying God. And you know what I think in these, these unsure times, and I would imagine most of you would agree with me on that. I don't know what tomorrow is going to bring. Anybody here? I'm so grateful that I have the ability to rely on that stability that God gives me through his son, Jesus Christ. We can find stability. We can find joy and salvation. It's right here in this passage from 700 years before the onset of Christ. You know, in fact, when we really understand the Bible, we can see it for what it really is. And it's this amazing account of God's persistent desire to dwell with his people, to dwell with each and every one of us. And I hope you're encouraged by that this morning, that that birth that so much of the world talks about today, the real significance behind that is the fact that God wanted to dwell with each and every one of us. And the extremes that he would go to to do that. In Jesus, our Emmanuel, God would succeed in this incredibly unique way. Becoming a man in order to save the world. Not from the outside, but from the inside. Emmanuel, God with us. To rescue, redeem, and restore our relationship with him. By giving us grace upon grace upon grace upon grace upon grace. You know, an experience unlike anything we've ever experienced before. And I just want to remind you, as we, we close out 2021, you know, there's a lot of emphasis and pressure that can be put on us going into a new year. You know, this thing called resolutions. Any of you ever uh, experienced those at all? Any of you ever make those at all? Any of you ever keep those at all? Sometimes, sometimes not so much. But really understanding that the next time you feel discouraged, abandoned, or maybe too paralyzed to undertake some new endeavor or a new personal goal, Jesus is still Emmanuel. It doesn't matter. 
Jesus is God with us. I, I, I just love that. I love the sound of that. You know, and again, in Isaiah 7, 14, it says, Therefore, the Lord himself will give you a sign. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son and call him Emmanuel. You know, in Matthew 1, verse 18, we get a little bit more of a, a, a view into what we saw on stage here already this morning. And in verse 18, it says, This is how the birth of Jesus Christ came about. His mother Mary was pledged to be married to Joseph. But before they came together, she was found to be with a child through the Holy Spirit. Because Joseph, her husband, was a righteous man and did not want to expose her to public disgrace, he had in mind to divorce her quietly. But after he considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife, because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. You know, dream, angel or not, I, I don't know how convinced I'd be by any of that. I mean, I, I can't imagine, imagine what we saw here with Sean today portraying Joseph, or uh, Mary's father, yeah, just the, the idea in that society and how things played out and in a small community, I'm sure the word was out there making the rounds. And to be able to embrace that. But again, it says, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife. Because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus, because he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet. The virgin will be with child, and he will give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. You know, again, the name Emmanuel first appears in Isaiah 7:14 as part of this prophetic word that Isaiah spoke to King Ahaz of Judah, which was part of the southern kingdom. And this was a time when Syria and Israel, the northern kingdom, had formed a coalition against Assyria. You know, this at the time was the greatest power in that region, and they wanted Judah to join their uprising. And the prophet Isaiah counseled Ahaz to trust in the Lord rather than appeal to the Assyrians for help against Syria and Israel, who were threatening to evade Judah for refusing to join them. So then Isaiah invited Ahaz to, to ask the Lord, to ask him for a sign to confirm the prophetic word, but the unfaithful king refused, having already decided to place his trust not in the Lord, but to place his trust in Assyria. In response to Ahaz's refusal to trust God, Isaiah proclaimed, in Isaiah 7:13, it reads, Hear now, you house of David. Is it not enough to try the patience of human beings? Will you try the patience of my God also? Therefore the Lord himself will give you a sign, and the virgin will be with a child and birth to a son, and his name will be Emmanuel. You know, shortly after this, that Syria and Israel, they were defeated exactly as Isaiah had prophesied. And many years later, the southern kingdom of Judah was destroyed by Babylon. So people were taken into captivity. And Matthew's gospel actually recalls Isaiah's prophecy here, applying it to the child who would be born to Mary, the virgin that was betrothed to Joseph. And the sign given hundreds of years earlier to an apostate king was meant for all of God's people, for all of us here to hear and respond 
just as Mary was trying to help her father and his response to God's message as we saw in the play this morning. You know, I love the play, but in particular the lines, Mary to her father, the God you have served so faithfully all your life is doing a new thing. And you get a front row seat. I don't want to miss it. Don't miss out. You've prayed all your life for a Messiah. You've taught me to expect the unexpected from the God of our fathers. You instructed me in the faith of our fathers. All I'm asking you is that you look to the heavens and ask for God to give you faith in the plan that you were already expecting. Trust me, Papa. We should be celebrating because some of you visiting with us today, just think this through. We should be celebrating. For some of you, this may be the first time you've heard the message. But you've wanted help with your life. You've wanted to change patterns that you've established that you swore up and down you would never step into. Some of you may have even been praying that someone would come into your life and give you the opportunity. You know, you've been looking for a sign or you've been praying. And what I say to you this morning, and to each and every one of us, one, let's always remember, but two, let's make sure that we just don't miss out. Brothers and sisters, our God is about the unexpected. Our God is benevolent. Our God is merciful. Our God is loving. And our God has extended grace upon grace upon grace to each and every one of us. God is for us, not against us. But again, the thing that I love about what we see in this season and the terminology and the songs and everything else that takes place is, most importantly, God is with us. You know, we're in the midst of the Christmas season right now. Let us be mindful and in awe of what the season is really all about. You know, it's a time of remembrance. It's a time of just these amazing reminders of the extremes that God would go through. Birth as a child. I mean, if, I would imagine almost everyone here has at some point in time been around a baby. Yeah. Um, would you say they need a little help? that they're uh, not able to do much on their own, that they're frail, that they're helpless. It just, for me, is so mind-blowing to think God, the one that created it all, knowing every aspect of what was involved, giving us the very breath of life, would be willing to succumb to stepping into that life form so he could be with us. All of our human frailty, all of our physical limitations and pain, and even fear, right up to his own death on a cross for each and every one of us. As God is with us, really embrace what this means and let's be a bright, shining light for all of our friends, coworkers, fellow students, family, and all. Let us be a clear, unobstructed view of God with us, of the sure foundation that we saw in Isaiah 33 that we have in these times, this rich store of salvation and wisdom and knowledge as we walk with God and as God walks with us, let us be Jesus to the world in the hope that many will choose to walk with him as well. Let's go ahead and bow our heads and pray for the communion. Father, thank you so much 
for the desire you have to know and be in a relationship with each and every one of us. Thank you for what we've been able to see in the scriptures this morning and just the consistency and the continuity of your word. Right from the very beginning, you demonstrated God with us in the book of Genesis. And that desire is something that even as sinful as mankind has been is a desire that has never waned. It's a desire that you have held on to this very day and will for all eternity until those of us that have the opportunity to make Jesus Christ Lord of our lives will have the ability to spend eternity with you in heaven as you've desired for each and every man and woman that walks on the face of this planet. Father, help us to never lose sight of that. Help us to walk in a way, not that just comes out of our mouths, the things that we say, but in a lifestyle that is so evident to others that you are walking with us and that it's something that each and every man and woman can embrace for themselves. Father, as we take the bread and the fruit of the vine this morning, let us give pause and think a moment about the sins that can separate us. But every bit is important, the grace upon grace upon grace that you've extended to us to forgive those sins, to give us the opportunity to have a relationship with you. It's in your son Jesus' name, Emmanuel, that I pray. Amen. Thanks for listening to the South Bay Church Podcast. For other sermons, videos, upcoming events, and more about our church, please visit southbaychurch.us.